Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is happening, gang? We are jacked about this edition of the Inside Football Podcast. You know who's probably the most jacked about this one? One, Mr. Rick Schaefer, because we are staying in his home division today, and we are going through the AFC North. This is really a fun one, because this, in a lot of ways, is a division kind of in flux. The the bottom-dwelling teams... Uh, for so long are kind of a little bit on the rise and the Browns may very well be the best team in this division after you hear Bill's breakdown. So this truly is kind of a unique look at a division that's very much in flux in terms of what the Ravens might be, what is the path forward for the Steelers, how good can the Browns be? Are they legitimately a Super Bowl contender? And has Cincinnati done anything this offseason that can make them be a team on the come? So get ready for this one. But before we do, I wanted to take a minute and talk about one of our favorite sponsors on the show, Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place bets. And best of all, it's free to sign up. So what are you waiting for? Head over to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. There is a lot of great action in terms of sports betting. It's almost as good as meme stocks, so what are you waiting for? Head over to betonline.ag and sign up today. All right, gang, we are ready. It's time for the AFC North on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Poland. Buckle up. This is a fun one. Even though I was accused in the pre-show meeting of looking like Johnny Cash today with no hair, we are live on the Inside Football Podcast. You need a cowboy hat to look like Johnny <laughs> Cash today. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I, at the other house, I feel like we, we have it ready. Uh, how we doing today, guys? Good, thank you. Yeah, we're, we're in there. We're surviving the cicadas. The pollen's a little heavy, but, you know, we're getting by. All right, where our tour of the NFL has landed in Rick's home division of the AFC North. Where are we starting today, Rick? Well, Scott, we are going to start in my hometown, Baltimore, Maryland, with the Ravens. So, as you'll remember, last year the Ravens went uh, 11-5, and finishing just behind the Steelers in the regular season. Uh, their offense ranked ninth in the league averaging 27.3 points a game. When you combined uh, the passing yard, passing and uh, ground game attacks, they, they were at 10th uh, at 5.8 average. Passing, they, were not, they didn't do well uh, in terms of the average yards per attempt, 6.6, but they were first in a, in a re- really, I think, a remarkable number in terms of average yards per rush of 5.6 yards per rush. Um, and they, they were tied for 18th, giving up 2.3 sacks a game. On the defensive side of the ball, 
They were they were the they were ranked one in the league for the least average points per game given up of eighteen point five. Uh, they were sixth in combined yards at three seventeen. They were second uh, in passing yards allowed uh, at five point nine average. In rushing, they were eleventh at four point three. They uh, they finished fourteenth, uh, averaging two point three sacks a game. When you put that together, they were second, Bill, in the league overall in in, in point differential at plus 8.8, and they were tied for 11th and uh, 0.2 positive turnovers per game. So uh, a few weaknesses, a lot of strengths. What, give me your take on last year's team and then what happened. Well, last year's last year. Um, they advanced in the playoffs one game. And then came a cropper, which has been um, their M.O. Uh, with uh, Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Um, and this offense, which is unique, um, but has difficulty generating uh, pass offense. Um, if you listen to the pundits, it's because they don't have any receivers I'm not sure I agree with that, but uh, they tried to do something about that this year. And we'll see uh, what happens. And a lot of, I think you'll you'll answer a lot of questions this year relative to Lamar Jackson and his future in Baltimore. Um, let's look at who they lost because they had some significant losses. Uh, the, the most significant one was Matt Matthew Judon, outside linebacker. Now, he's 29 years of age, so I don't know how much you want to invest in him in the long run. Uh, he went to New England for a four-year deal with uh, uh, $32 million guaranteed. So um, that, that's a fairly, fairly large guarantee for a guy who's 29. They'll likely get three solid years out of him. and But... New England had no other rushers, so they had to make this move. Yannick Ngokwe, who they traded for during the season, Yannick was uh, on the uh, AAA frequent flyer uh, uh, routine last year. I think he played with four different teams. Is 26. He went to Las Vegas for a two-year deal with a $21 million guarantee. So that's a pretty hefty commitment to a guy who is really a situational rusher. And I'm, I'm fairly certain that um, Baltimore didn't want to match that. And so both of their number one rushers, if you will, left. Jihad Ward, who's a pretty solid defensive end, went to Jacksonville uh, for uh, – $2.5 million guaranteed on a one-year contract. Mark Ingram, who's 32 and has had been phased out of the offense, went to Houston for 2.5. Matt Skura, who we remember had so much difficulty snapping the ball, went to Miami for a one-year deal. Chris Moore, uh, backup wide receiver, went to Houston for a one-year deal. Morgan Cox, a linebacker who's 35, went to Tennessee on a one-year deal. Willie Sneed, who I think they'll miss, uh, pretty solid wide receiver at 29 years of age, went to Las Vegas 
surprisingly uh, on a one-year deal with only 987000 guaranteed. That was a pretty good pickup, I think, for Las Vegas. Uh, he must have worn out his welcome because I would have thought Baltimore might have kept him. DJ Fluker, who is a solid veteran backup, left to go to Miami on a one-year deal, and Antoine Wesley, uh, a, a young wide receiver, went to Arizona on a one-year deal. They re-signed Tyus Bowser, who they believe is a better outside linebacker and rusher uh, than Judon for four years at $22 million. Nose tackle Justin Ellis, linebacker LJ Fort, who's a starter, uh, safety Anthony Levine, outside linebacker Pernell McPhee, ter- uh, tight end Eric Tomlinson, defensive end Derek Wolf for three years at $12 million. Um, so uh, they brought back a significant number of guys, almost all of them on defense. They signed uh, Geno Stone, uh, the most important or one was Alejandro Villanueva, two years at $14 million. The much-traveled and and very infrequently playing Sammy Watkins. Every four weeks, Bill. Every four weeks for one year at the $5 million. And Kevin Zeitler for three years at $20 million, at $22 million. They traded Orlando Brown. They gave him his wish to the Chiefs. Villanueva will replace him at left tackle. And they traded for tight end Josh Oliver from the Jaguars. The draft was interesting. Um, their first pick was uh, Rashad Bateman from uh, Minnesota. He is a solid uh, Reggie Wayne-like receiver who runs really well after the catch. He runs excellent routes. He has excellent hands. By midseason, he should fit in and be ready to go. And so down the stretch, I'm not sure Lamar Jackson has any excuses now. He's got two guys who can go get the ball, two guys who can run routes and get open, and in Bateman's case, someone who can catch, run and catch it after the run with it after the catch. Jason Owe is a, uh, a Penn Stater uh, who is. Uh, really uh, 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 on the come. This is a guy who has worlds of ability. Uh, He's green as grass, not a lot of football in his background, outstanding athlete, little production at Penn State this year, but so what? What they're they're, banking on is future development. And we'll see what happens. But with the 31st pick, you know, I can't argue with that. With the 94th pick, they go for Ben Cleveland, a solid guard from Georgia. In the in the third round, they took Brandon Stevens, a pretty solid cornerback from Southern Methodist, and they needed some they needed some uh, infusion of young talent there. Uh, Tyon Wallace, uh, wide receiver from Oklahoma State, was the fourth pick. Sean Wade, pretty solid corner from Ohio State in the fifth round. Dalen Hayes, solid. they list him as a defensive end. I'm not sure that's where he'll end up playing, but he's a really solid player. He's not, not special, but he's solid. And Ben Mason is a good, solid blocking tight end from Michigan, which, of course, they can always use. As we all know, but for the record, this is a run first, run second, run third team. Uh, They're going to run the football first, last, and always. The passing game is a play-action passing game. 
focused on the tight ends because they run crossing routes into the middle against zones or against man-to-man or sit down against zones. And, and they get open versus play action. Um, the outside passing game is sorely lacking. Again, pundits claiming that they don't have any wide receivers. We'll find out this year uh, what the case is. Um, people around the league will tell you that Lamar Jackson is a very different quarterback throwing outside the numbers than he is inside the numbers <clears throat> with respect to accuracy. Uh, their depth chart will save the talk, will save Jackson for last. Uh, he's backed up by Trace McSorley and Tyler Hunley. Hunley. Um, McSorley um, does a nice job when he's healthy, but it, that body is not an NFL body, unfortunately. Uh, I hope he doesn't get hurt again, but I wouldn't bet against it. And Tyler Huntley is not as accomplished as McSorley. Um, he has many of the same qualities as Jackson. Uh, and He can run and he's got a big arm. But, I, you know, I don't really know what he is. We didn't see enough of him. So this will be a good battle in the preseason, I think, to see who emerges as the backup quarterback. Uh, the running game is sound with J.K. Dobbins, a great second-round draft choice a year ago. Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, uh, this is this is a solid group. And it needs to be because, as I said, they're run first, run second, run, run third. The wide receivers are listed as Marquise Brown and Sammy Watkins. As we said, Sammy plays once every fourth week, seemingly. Uh, and I don't know how you develop um, any cohesion with a young quarterback with that much missed time. If he misses time, he's probably not a factor. Hey, Bill, with that, with that signing, especially at 5 million, that definitely makes you think that something had to have happened with Willie Sneed. If you could have brought him back on, especially that kind of deal, right? Yes. Yeah. There's something more to that than replacing Willie Sneed, who was out there every week, giving up his body with Sammy Watkins. <clears throat> I don't quite get that one. Miles Boykin, I think, is coming on. He's a big power receiver outside. You know, he's a, he's a, a, a development guy. And um, Devin DuVernay is, is a speedster, but he also um, needs some development. So I think there's no question that Bateman is the key guy here. I mean, Bateman has to come in and play well. He and and Marquise Brown have to be the guys outside. They list three wide receivers, by the way. I think you can count on I'm, – I'm being facetious here, but I think you can count on the fingers of one hand the number of times they use three wide receivers right. in a game. <laughs> uh, the, the, the tight end is Mark Andrews. He's the man uh, for Lamar. Uh, he's an outstanding receiver. He's got great adjustment. Uh, he's got really good hands. He runs good routes. He can get open versus man. Uh, he's terrific against zones. Nick Boyle is the backup. Um, great blocker. Great blocker. Uh, who is also is a great blocker. That's right. He he he's a sound and solid blocker. Patrick Ricard is is the fullback. He's like he's like a building running out of the backfield. Uh, he can block. He can run. He can catch. Who knows what he weighs? Probably over three bills. Uh, he's tough to tackle. Um, he fits perfectly with the offense, and he's a combination. He can play fullback. He can play wingback. He can play um, second tight end or third tight end. 
Um, so he's got a lot of uh, versatility in that huge body. The offensive line is Ronnie Stanley, who's returning from injury. Um, ben Cleveland, Bradley Bozeman, Kevin Zeitler, and Alejandro Villanueva. Alejandro Villanueva is one of my favorite players. Um, I just think he's, his story is so marvelous, having been a receiver at West Point and then serving in Iraq and Afghanistan and then coming back and making himself into an offensive lineman with the help of Mike Munchak. And, and, and he's exceedingly smart, obviously. And he made the point that, you know, pass protection at his, state, at his stage of life Football life is not his forte any longer, but he doesn't have to do that anymore. All he has to do is put his hand in the ground and knock people on the keister. So <laughs> I thought it was a great statement and, uh, and probably partially right, uh, which brings us back to Lamar Jackson. Uh, with the ball in his hand, running the ball, whether it be uh, in an option, whether it be a design quarterback run, whether it be a scramble, whether it be uh, getting loose from rushers. There's nobody quite like him. He can make anybody miss. He's a mismatch uh, for virtually 95% of the league one-on-one. -on -one. And as a result, the league has figured out that you don't play him one-on-one. -on -one. It only takes one defensive coordinator and one veteran player to be embarrassed to figure out that, well, you know, what we thought would work running the alley quite, doesn't quite work against this guy. Yeah. So, uh, so much for that. So he creates weak spots in the defense because you basically have to double team him all the time. And so his value is exceedingly high in the run game. And he's a, he's a, a, a time bomb waiting to go off if he gets loose. There's no two ways about that. He's an instant touchdown if you miss at the line of scrimmage. So he it, it, he's a headache, a real headache to defense because you have to do things against him that you don't normally do or practice. And, and, and now people who play them in the regular season or perhaps even in the playoffs, certainly in the division, uh, devote time to defensing them even now in OTAs. They're walking through Lamar Jackson defenses in OTAs. They're, they're practicing Lamar Jackson defenses in camp so as to be sure that it isn't completely new when, when they come up against it. The passing game is a completely different story, and you can capsulize it almost in one sentence. Inside the hash marks, he's accurate. He'll find the open man, which is usually the tight end or, or a crossing receiver like Willie Snead against man outside the hashes. Uh, he's not and down the field. He's not he's not very accurate. He's not as accurate as you'd like him to be. Let me put it that way. Yeah, I've seen I think Bill over the years. Um, his accuracy is improved somewhat. But as you're pointing out, there's a there is a stark difference, you know, between the hashes or out into the flat. Uh, over the middle, and when he tries to throw downfield, like he, 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 he I mean, he can uh, obviously he's got a great arm; he can throw the ball, but it just it just doesn't have you know what you'd want for an NFL quarterback to to throw somebody open or dot the eye or anything like that. It's it's sort of hit or miss down you know when it's when it's a longer pass. 
Well, that's well said. You know, outside the hashes, he has difficulty throwing people open, which is what really great. Now, not every NFL quarterback can do that either. I'm not, you know, I want to get into a controversy here denigrating him. I'm not. I'm just telling you what 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 you see when you watch film. Um, now, whether that's the fault of the wide receivers, which some talking heads on television continually say, or whether it's it, it's it's just a. Uh, the nature of of Lamar's ability to deliver the ball in certain circumstances, uh, we'll find out because they've added Watkins and Bateman. You presume that that will improve the receiving core and and those guys will get open down the field and he won't have to throw them open. That's the implicit um, that's the implicit statement there. Um, so uh, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, Bill, in your mind, is the offensive line better? now with the additions um or is that a big question mark area uh no i don't think it's a question mark area and you know cleveland will be fine what they ask these guys to do is not is not difficulty i mean bozeman will snap the ball their their difficulty last year was to get in the ball snapped really a lot of it and because they're in they're in shotgun so so much but no i think they'll i think in the end they'll be fine uh, Villanueva is not a great pass protector at this stage of his career. Uh, and he's played left tackle for a long time. He's moving over to the right. That's not as easy, you know, <clears throat> pardon me, that's not as easy as you might think. Uh, but the bottom line is I think, you know, they'll be fine. This team is designed to run the football and and it's designed to create double teams and gap schemes and where, where the offensive linemen just come off the ball and blow you back and a puller comes around the corner. Uh, it's not dissimilar to what the Hogs did in the 80s and 90s in Washington. So, uh, you know, it, they don't ask them to do a lot. <coughs> Again, pardon me, as long as they're big and strong and powerful, uh, they'll be fine. Zeitler worries me a little because he's got some age on him. But other than that, I think they'll... I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I think locally here, the 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 um, major consternation over losses were uh, over uh, Orlando Brown Jr. Obviously, and then as you pointed out, Bill Matthew Judon, who's a who's a very good a good ball player. I mean, and uh, he was he's a tough one to fully replace. Uh, but uh, you know what they do is uh, is so unusual and. Uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for uh, a coaching staff that has figured out a, a scheme that fits so well to the talent that it has rather than, you know, the, the converse where you try and have to force uh, the guy to do something he just can't do. So I, th- I think they'll be fine. Um, on defense, what they do is unusual. It's, it's the Buddy Ryan, let's cover the wide receivers man to man and we're going to blitz everybody else, essentially. And um, I think the bottom line here is that typically you're going to get a lot of scheme sacks because if teams either are not familiar with it or don't pick it up, then you're going to get a lot of scheme sacks. You're going to get people running loose to the quarterback and they make things really difficult on you. You're only going to get maybe a half dozen big plays in a ball game and you better hit them if you want to win. And you better make field goals if you want to win because you're going to be in low-scoring games. 
for two reasons. Number one, the offense is going to eat clock time. And, uh, and, and secondly, these guys are going to make it hard on you. Yeah. As, as we, yeah, as we said, number one, again, you know, lowest scoring against. So they're, they, they stop you. <laughs> uh, but the question in my mind is the one that you raised, Scott. Matthew Judon could get sacks on his own, I felt. Now, I haven't talked to the, uh, the defensive coordinator about this, but, and he's a friend, but I, I, I kind of felt he could get him on his own. And if you have a guy who can get him on his own, that really helps a lot. Because now you don't have to scheme him open all the time. If you get a mismatch, you can take advantage of it and be sound everywhere else. Um, but we'll see. Derek Wolf, solid left defense, three, four defensive end. Brandon Williams, solid nose tackle, gigantic man. Uh, Calais Campbell. Now he is in the uh, Methuselah class. Right. He's uh, he, he's you know one step from social security, football social security. Uh, but still a good player and a great leader. And what they ask him to do, he can do. And uh, Justin Matabuke, I think is how it's pronounced, uh, behind him is, a, I, I think, is an up-and-coming player. So there's depth there. Tyus Bowser, they believe, is a solid outside linebacker. That's why they re- he's the guy, they think. Uh, that's why they re-signed him. LJ Fort and uh, Patrick Queen inside are are pretty solid guys. And Pernell McPhee is also in the Methuselah class, but still a pretty solid rusher. Marlon Humphrey is as good a man-to-man corner as there is in the league. Uh, Marcus Peters is mistake-prone, but he's also a, a tremendous instinctive interceptor. So you take the good with the bad. You know, he's the home run hitter who strikes out a lot, but You'll take the strikeouts uh, and live and, and be happy with the three-run home runs. So that's where he is. The safeties are fine. Chuck Clark and Deshaun Elliott. Uh, the backups are really good. Jimmy Smith. I said Sean Wade. I think will will we'll come in and make this team. Um, Tavon Young, uh, Jordan Richards, uh, Anthony Levine, who's a, a really good special teams player. There's a lot of depth on this defense as well, particularly in the defensive backfield. The kicking game is as good as there is. Justin Tucker, Sam uh, Cook, uh, Devin Duvernay as a returner is dynamite. So they're always reliable until they're not. I don't know. I didn't look up how long Justin's playing, but it, uh, has played. But he's he's approaching approaching the Vinatieri position. In NFL life, he's he's a, certainly, if not an elder statesman, he, he's he's a long-serving <laughs> right. Uh, right, position leader there. Um, in any event, very solid team. Um, the question in my mind is, offensively, does the passing game improve enough to? Um, get them over the hump in the division so that they get a home game. And secondly, does it improve enough so they can advance? So uh, Justin Tucker's first year, I think, was 2012. And he's still the most accurate kicker in the history of the league. Well, as kickers go, then he's far from season. Uh, he's far from uh, 
senior citizen status. He's just long serving. So he's got a lot of football ahead of yeah. him. All right, where are we going next, Rick? All right. We're going to west to Cleveland. To the, We're going to talk about the Browns. Uh, the Browns, who finished 11-5 and five also last year, uh, in total, in, in, op- in offensive side of the ball, uh, they were 13th in points per game at t- almost 27 points a game. Uh, they were 10th built on combined yards at, when it, with an average of 5.8. Uh, in their passing game, uh, they averaged uh, 7 yards an attempt, which put them right in the middle of the pack. Uh, rushing. Uh, against the Polian standard, they, they exceeded it. They finished tied for fifth with an average of 4.8 yards per rush. Uh, and in terms of sacks given up, uh, they were right in the middle of the pack, 16th, uh, giving up 2.2. On the defensive side of the ball, uh, things were not quite as good. Uh, in terms of points allowed, they finished 22nd, uh, giving up 26.5 points a game. Uh, in combined yards, they were 21st uh, at 374. Uh, passing yards, they were 18th, averaging 6.9. Uh, rushing, they were 11th, falling below your standard at 4.3. Uh, and they uh, gave up 2.2 sacks a game. So uh, in, in, when you combine those, uh, they came out ranked 15th in uh Differential at minus minus zero point three, but and turnovers they did well. They were ranked fifth, and they uh, registered zero point five turnovers a game on the plus side of the ball. Okay, um, first of all, relinquish free agents. There was nobody that left here um, that I would cause you know, would cause me to lose any sleep. Kendall Lamb is a is a big powerful. A tackle who went to Tennessee on a two-year deal. Terrence Mitchell is a you know journeyman corner, uh, 29 years of age who went to Houston on a two-year deal. All these guys basically went to Houston. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. It's gonna be the Browns light at the Houston yeah, Hotel. Yeah, yeah, Brown South. <laughs> yeah, uh, Larry Okunjobi, who's a pretty active defensive tackle, uh, went to. Uh, Cincinnati on a one-year deal at, uh, with four million guaranteed. So he's a, he got starter money, and he should. Right? He's a he's a starting player. And then the rest: Tevier Thomas, Kevin Johnson, Vincent Taylor, Thomas Taylor, Trey Davis went to Houston. Carl Joseph, who has been a disappointment at, at safety for them, went to Las Vegas on a one-year deal. And uh, Taiwan Taylor, wide receiver, went to Houston. So. They had one, two, three, four, five guys um, go to go down to Houston, uh, and I say down, uh, both literally and figuratively. Yeah, yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> five. Um, so, you know, nothing of great consequence there. Resigned Sheldon Day, uh, defensive tackle. They took him instead of Okunjobi. So we'll see how it works out. That's simple. Rashard Higgins. One year, uh, $2.4 million. Uh, Elijah Lee is a backup linebacker. JoJo Natson, Cody Parkey, the kicker, all one-year deals. The, the, the name siding was Jadavian Clowney, one year with a max of $10 million. 
Jadavian Clowney hasn't really been on the field for the last two years. He has great rush ability. Uh, he's the defensive um, equivalent of the wide receiver who went to Baltimore from uh, Kansas City, Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins. This is the every four-week division. Yeah, he plays every four weeks, and when he does, he plays well. So there you go. Troy Hill. Hey, Bill, for his injury, is, is there any advantage to getting to play on a defensive line like that opposite, you know, uh, an elite-level player, or is that not – that makes absolutely no difference? No, it doesn't make any difference at all. You know, I don't know whether you play him outside or in. They got him listed as a defensive end. Um, probably less chance for him to be hurt on the outside, but he's nonetheless – I mean, he, he's been hurt. That's the bottom line. And I was talking to a guy this morning. We had a long discussion about, um, you know, when do you take a chance on players like this? I like this. This is a team that's close. Uh, they can pass Baltimore if if things go right for them. So, depending on what these what these incentives are, I don't know that I'd pay him ten million even with incentives. But if he'd let the leave in sacks, I guess maybe it's worthwhile. But he's worth taking a chance on. He's worth taking a chance on. The odds are that, that he won't succeed. But, hey, when you're close, take a chance. This is this is a rare talent. No downplaying the talent. Yeah. And, you know, Bill, it, that se- it, it seems to me that that's a good, a good and fair way to go in a guy in this position. Hey, you know, we know you might be great. And if you can, we'll pay you. You'll earn it. And if not, you don't make as much money. So, I mean, that's I, I think it's a good deal for both sides. Yeah. Troy Hill is a pretty solid corner. He got four years for $24 million. Malik Jackson is a, is a very solid inside player against the run. John Johnson got three years at $33.7, $24 guaranteed. A good signing. If they use him properly, this guy's a good player. He can't run, but he can do everything else everything else, and he does it well. So just don't match him up against speed tight ends and expect him to cover them. If you use him well and do the things he can do, he's terrific, and he's also smart and a big hitter, and and the GM knows it. He knows players. He broke in with us, so I, I, I can tell you, he knows what he's looking at. Maybe the first guy, that, well, John Dorsey did too. I was going to say, Maybe the, the first two first guys guy that they've had in the history of the franchise who knew what they were looking at um, when they looked at tape. Malik McDowell is a good signing as a backup. Tank McKinley is another one-year max, $4 million. He's done zilch in his career after being a high draft choice. Take a chance. What do you got to lose? Let's see. Um, what they're trying to do is create what is called a wave defensive line which is what you need, eight, seven to eight people who can rush the passer. That's what you have to have if you're going to win the Super Bowl so or get to the Super Bowl, and that's what they're trying to do. That's what we're trying to create. Um, Greg Sinat, Damian Square, Anthony Walker. Anthony Walker is a really good pickup. He's a one-year, 3.5 million guy, um, undersized, smart as can be, uh, played in Tampa 2 for Indianapolis, big hitter, really good instincts. Um, 
I'm betting he's the um, starting middle linebacker on opening day. Yeah, the guy's a tremendous, tremendous leader and tremendous and instinctive linebacker, but very small. He's going to get knocked around. If it, you don't want him matched up against any of Baltimore's offensive linemen one-on-one. Right. Or the fullback. Or the fullback, yeah. right. Isolation, no. No, thank you. Okay, the draft I thought was really pretty good. Greg Newsom, they get a quarterback from a corner from Northwestern who can ostensibly do it all. I mean, he can cover. He's a he will whack you when he tackles. He's really good, instinctive guy. He was hurt a lot at Northwestern. That's that's the only drawback. I see him as a sound, solid nickelback in the NFL. And uh, at the 26th pick, it's pretty good. Dynamite. Mm-hmm. But he's got to stay healthy. Um, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa uh, comes in from Notre Dame with the 52nd pick. In my mind, that's a steal. Um, his name, his nickname is Wu. He too is a do everything player. He can play weak side linebacker in a three four. He can play uh, in the box safety in a three three five. He can play uh, inside linebacker on the weak side in a three four. So long as you cover him up, so he doesn't have to take people on. Uh, and he can actually walk out and cover Gronk one on one. He can cover slots one-on-one. He's really a a, a multi-talented player, and he's fast as hell, and he has big-time punch for a guy who's not very big. I'm guessing he's probably 225 at best. Yeah, he's the scariest hitter under 225 pounds walking the face of the earth. He's got a big-time punch. So... I'd say the first two picks were home runs. How does he slip? Uh, I don't know, honestly. I really don't know. I, none of the times were bad. There, there was nothing that I could put my finger on, except people maybe couldn't find a home for him. Because do you have to scheme? I mean, is he a guy that you're going to have to really think about how to use? Or is he positionless? Is that the problem? No. If he's if you're playing Tampa 2, he's the weak, he's the will. If you're playing an offshoot of Tampa 2, he's the will. If you're playing Seattle's defense, he's the he's the will. If you're playing a 3-4, now it's harder to find a spot for him. Right. If you're playing a 3-3-5, he's he's the 5. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean he ha- he has a spot. Mm-hmm. The th- the thing I like is you're going to play a hybrid defense twice a year against Lamar Jackson. Woo, you got him, baby. <laughs> let, let her rip. Woo, 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 and woo, woo, woo. Lamar does not want to get hit by that guy. No. <laughs> now they're going to help him, Yeah, but, but he's going to be the principal guy. Well, it's, uh, it'll be him against Lamar's avoid. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know. That's his value, particularly in the, when you're playing Lamar twice a year. I think you need to have that player. Uh, Anthony Schwartz is a big-time world-class sprinter. I think he ran 4-2-3 or something like that. Yeah, he's like an Olympic-level sprinter. Yes, uh, who's big. Um, 
Now, he didn't have a quarterback at, at Auburn, and there are Auburn fans who will tell you he didn't have an offensive coordinator either, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. We'll find out what he can do. He's a work in progress, but there's plenty here to work with. James Hudson is an offensive tackle from the University of Cincinnati. Uh, you know, I, they're loaded on the offensive line, so I'm not sure he isn't a practice squatter. Tommy Togiai is an interesting guy. Uh, he's a defensive tackle from Ohio State, drafted in the fourth round. I think this guy will make a run at the team. He's a he's a he's a hard playing, instinctive guy, and, and he loves to mix it up. He's fun to watch. Tony Fields, pretty you know, solid linebacker from West Virginia. Richard LeCount, um, a safety from Georgia, who's um, who's you know had some difficulty in coverage there, but can run. And Demetric Felton is um, he's not a wide receiver. They list him as a wide receiver. He was an all-purpose back at, at UCLA, so he's a Swiss Army knife too, like Wu is. Uh, he might be the third down back. Um, he might be a return guy. At that, with the six-round pick, this is a, I thought this was a interesting and a good pick. I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the team. This is going to be a tough team to make. It is going to be a tough team to make, yes. This is a team to scout heavily because they're going to put some people on the, on the street that, uh, at, at, at the cut to 53 that other people can claim. Um, <clears throat> they had no retirements. Their offense is interesting. We'll save Baker Mayfield for last. I think the running back combination of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt is the best in the league. I think it's the best running game in the league. And, uh, and I think as long as they stay with that and run the football and make that their, their uh, signature, they're going to be in the hunt all the way. They've got to resist uh, the idea of of, of throwing it up on every on every down. They got to just, you know, if you're 14 points down, don't worry about it. 17 points down, don't worry about it. Hand the ball to Nick and hand it to Kareem. Keep banging away in about every fifth play. Mix in a play action pass there or a bootleg and you're fine. Kevin Stefanski will do that. He, the nice thing about Kevin is that he is not, he's, he's both smart enough and realistic enough and disciplined enough not to get caught up in, in trying to do statistical or sexy things. And it's in, this is one case where it's great that the head coach is the play caller because he's got a level head and, and he's concerned only with winning. The receivers, of course, the stellar duo from LSU, Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landy, Jarvis Landry, OBJ, was um, hurt last year, but he'll probably be back this year. Donovan Peoples-Jones, you know, kind of developed a little bit last year into a a reliable guy. He's a downfield, long-striding guy, but but he's a pretty solid backup. Rashard Higgins uh, is going to be backed up by Anthony Schwartz. That'll be an interesting battle. It'll be interesting to see how many wide receivers they keep. But Jarvis, as we know, does all the dirty work there is to do and is as reliable as, as the sun rising every morning in the east. Odell is, uh, is, is Superman uh, when not bothered by injury. He can do Superman things. And uh, 
you know, you probably need to put in a lot of time uh, massaging him uh, mentally, uh, (laughs) particularly if he's not getting a lot of balls. But uh, but he's as he's gotten older, he's gotten more mature, too. So, uh, you know, this is a tandem that's pretty a trio that's pretty hard to beat. Um, Austin Hooper is an outstanding tight end backed up by Harrison Bryant. And David Njoko is on death's doorstep literally every year. Uh, every, every, the, the first story out of Brown's camp this year will be Njoku on the trading block or Njoku in danger of missing the team. And then the son of a gun comes back and in December there he right. is making plays. Um, he's too skinny to be a tight end. He can't block, but he's really a solid, solid receiver. And, uh, I was surprised somebody didn't make a run at him in the offseason. So they're deep at every offensive position, uh, every skill position. Uh, Andy Jovanovich, the, the fullback, is, 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 is darn good too. Jedrick Wills had a, a good year last year. The media is making him into a star. He's not there yet. He's not Anthony Munoz yet. There, this is the poor kid. You know, unfortunately, some talking heads saw him play well one time on television and anointed him. And now, of course, everyone else follows suit. Give him a little time to develop. He's not there yet, but he's coming. Uh, Joel Batonio is outstanding. He's a pro bowler, uh, should be a pro bowler every year. J.C. Treader is fine at center. Wyatt Tellers turned out to be a, a pretty good offensive guard. And Jack Conklin for this team is the right offensive tackle. Now, if they get into shootouts where they have to be in three wides and they have to throw the ball, Jack Conklin becomes a liability in pass protection. And I've said this from day one, and people in Tennessee used to throw things at me because of it. The fact is it's true. Uh, But as long as they can play the game that Kevin Stefanski wants to play, which is give it to Nick and Kareem, Jack Conklin is terrific. Um, so this is a team that if they play their game, can beat anybody. Baker Mayfield made a really good transition last year from a street ball run around, uh, always flush to the right, take chances and throw it down the field guy into a real quarterback. Like they said, you know, Pinocchio, you're now a real boy. Yeah, Baker, he's a real boy now. Last year you became a real quarterback. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with the play calling and and not putting him in positions where he gets wild and woolly. And, uh, and, and, and he still flushes to the right far too many times. But if he can get the ball out and, and you, if you have to defend the run game, then it makes him a much better quarterback. And, uh, and he's growing and getting better. Can he take them all the way? I think we'll find out this year. Because in the end, uh, the, the, the formula is always the same. Great defense and great kicking game can get to the playoffs. Great run game and great defense can get you to the playoffs. But no matter what you have, the quarterback has to take you the rest of the way. And so we have two teams in this division, the Browns and the Ravens, whose quarterbacks have not proven 
that they can make it the rest of the way. So we're going to see which one or both um, gets it done this year. Bill, in terms of looking at the rosters on paper, do you, do you like the Browns a little better than the Ravens? Yeah, I do. I do because I think Baker, Baker A, has more weapons and, and B, can do more things. And the reason I say have more weapons is that in order to accommodate Lamar's running, you have to construct an offense that stresses people in the run game but not in the pass game. With with Cleveland, with those two running backs, you can go three wides, two backs, and say to a defense, go ahead, defend this. Because if you put if you put six defensive backs in the game, hello, Nick, here we come. Right. Yeah. And he might be the best back in the league, by the way. And and Kareem Hunt's not far behind. Uh and if you if you decide you wanna you want to load up the box and say, I'm going to make them, I'm going to make Baker Mayfield beat us. Well, here's Odell and Jarvis and Rashad Higgins. Go ahead, try that. And we might throw in Joko in here every now and yeah, then. Yeah. So yeah. Um, they can do more things because they're more, they can stress defenses more because they're more conventional. And their depth for a 17 game season has to be as good as anybody in the league. Yeah, that's true. It, uh, you know, Baltimore will, will build it. I think exactly right. I mean, they will do very well what they can do, but that's the thing they do. Whereas with Cleveland, whatever they need, they really have the capacity to do, to, depending on how you play against them. So uh, I, I, I reluctantly agree that that, that Cleveland is, has a better roster. Uh, all right. On defense. Okay. My. Miles Garrett's outstanding. Andrew Billings, Malik Jackson, Clowney at defensive end, backed up industry on the depth chart by Tack McKinley. Uh, so they're counting on. You hit on one. Yeah, right. You hit on one, you hit the jackpot. Will was uh, listed as the uh, weak linebacker, Anthony Walker in the middle. Sione uh, Takitaki, who I really love. I mean, he's fun to watch. This guy loves to play football. <laughs> it is, but he's fun to watch. Um, Denzel Ward at, at one corner, Troy Hill steps in at the other. He'll give them solid professional play. Uh, Ronnie Harrison at safety, and as I mentioned before, John Johnson, uh, dynamite, free safety, as long as you use him correctly. And he's backed up by Grant Delpit, who has ability, yeah. but who was who was injured last year. So, And Greg Newsom is backing up Troy Hill. So, you know, and, 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 and Greedy Williams backs up Denzel Ward. So this is, this is, a, this is a pretty deep bunch. It is. Uh, Cody, Cody Parkey um, has to win games because this is a team that's going to be in every game and in the hunt every week. So he's got to win the games. Uh, Jamie Gillen I like as a punter. Peoples-Jones as a punt returner is not terribly exciting because he's a long strider. And I don't like long striding punt returners because you got to make the first guy miss. But if you do get him out in the open, he's dynamite. He's 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 got enough juice to go all the way. And Dearness Johnson is the kick returner. So this is a defense that if they hit on are on Clowney and or McKinley, uh, and and Hill and and Denzel Ward and John Johnson 
you know, step in and mesh in the secondary. Um, this is a team that could go all the way. I'm not just talking about in division, but the whole way. Right. And what if Wu is something we haven't seen before? Well, you know, if Wu turns out to be something we haven't seen before, he's the he's the antidote to uh, uh, Lamar. He's the Lamar killer. And in a Super Bowl, if you're playing Tampa, he can defend some tight ends. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. He can also do it against Lamar, too, although I wouldn't have him do it. Uh, right. But uh, we now turn to uh, the one and only Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, and this is a this is an interesting team, Rick. You got their, uh, yeah, their numbers. Yeah, we'll, we'll pull them up. So uh, on offense, Bill, uh, they were in terms of points per game, they were twelfth, uh, averaging twenty six point three a game. Uh, in combined yards per play, they were only twenty fourth in the league at uh, an average of combined average of five point two. Uh, there they were 24th also in their pass attack, which averaged 6.2 per pass attempt, uh, and they were dead last uh, in the running game, uh, which averaged uh, a, a dismal 3.6. Uh, they protected Big Ben well, uh, giving up the they were first in in the whole league in that, giving up only 0.8 sacks per game uh, on defense. Uh, they did. They were uh, tied for fifth in fewest points given up per game at twenty one point two. Third in overall yards at uh, thirty at three hundred and ten. Uh, against the pass, they were third, uh, averaging at six point zero per attempt. Eleventh uh, against the run, four point three. At first uh, in sacks, uh, uh, with three point three against the opposition per game. Uh, their uh, point differential, they ranked seventh at 5.5. And their turnover margin, uh, they were tied for ninth at a, at a positive 0.2. So some, some real highlights there among a few lowlights. Okay. Um, there's been a lot of turnover on this team. And, um, you know, I, I don't think we really know what they're going to be at this point in time. Bud Dupree leaves and goes to Tennessee for five years. Uh, 35 million guaranteed. Um, they think he's the answer, the second rusher that they needed. We'll find out if he can generate rush without JJ Watt. We'll find out. Uh, Landry is a good rusher, but he's not JJ. Um, so, but they're going to miss him nonetheless. Uh, he, he's a good player. Mike Hilton um, is only 27. He goes to Cincinnati on a four-year deal. Uh, Matt Filer, uh, who played right tackle, goes to the Chargers on a three-year deal. Villanueva, who we mentioned before, goes to Baltimore on a two-year deal. He was a left tackle in 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 uh, in uh, Pittsburgh. Um, James Conner, who you love because he's such a hard-working, hard-running guy, but injuries and 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 illness have taken their toll. He goes to Arizona on a one-year deal. Sean Davis um, goes to Indianapolis on a one-year deal. And Adonai, a line backup linebacker, goes to Tennessee on a one-year deal. So the big losses are Dupree, Hilton, Filer, and uh, Villanueva, and Connor, <clears throat> all of whom were uh, starters 
although there are many around the league that would tell you that Fila Villanueva and Connor were not championship level starters last year. Resigned Tyson Alualu, who's up in years, but pretty solid, um, three four uh, inside uh, you know inside player on defense. Uh, Zach Banner uh, at offensive tackle. Jordan Berry, the punter, on a one year deal. Josh Dobbs on a one year deal, a back uh, ostensible backup quarterback. Cassius Marsh on a one year deal. He is a really good backup rusher. Can't play full time. Not good against the run, but as a backup rusher, he's really good. The, to me, the biggest signing, the biggest re-signing was Juju for one year at $8 million. There must be a lot of people around the league that know a heck of a lot more than I do because I would have thought that Juju would have had a market. Yeah, especially if Will Fuller got one for 10 and Sammy got one for five. Yeah. He's not in the middle of that bracket. Yeah. He's north. He's north. I agree. I agree. Cameron Sutton uh, got two years at $9 million. Vince Williams, who they love, uh, who's a very solid player, although not a difference maker, uh, re-signed. And Chris Warmly, a defensive end, re-signed. Um, they went outside and got Kellen Ballage, who, on a one-year deal, Kellen Ballage is a slam banger. They did not have this guy last year. And, and I, I think he's going to make a difference for them. Uh, they got cornerback, uh, they got B.J. Finney, an offensive tackle, Joe Haig, an offensive tackle, safety Miles Killebrew, and corner Art Millette. Um, Ballage, I think, is the big signing there. Now, the draft fell exactly their way. They got the answer to their prayers in Najee Harris. So here we go. Ben, hand them the ball. And everything is right with the world in Pittsburgh. We're back running the ball, playing defense. Ballage will be a, a good addition to that group. They'll slam bang to their heart's content. Right. Um, Pat Fryermuth, uh is the first tight end I think they've had in a while who can do things in a passing game on his own, natural passing game talent. Uh, and I, it's going to take him a bit to get used to the National Football League, the physicality of it and all that. But I think in the end, he's going to be a darn good addition. The Penn Staters that go to the Steelers tend to be pretty good. Yeah, they tend to be okay. Kendrick Green is a, is a road grader guard from Illinois. They certainly can use him. Dan Moore is a tackle from Texas A&M. Buddy Johnson, a solid linebacker from uh, Texas A&M. Isaiah Laudermilk is a playmaking linebacker from Wisconsin. Uh, he, in the fifth round, look for him to make the team. I think he'll 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 show you quite a bit. Quincy Roche is the is the other defensive end from Miami. He's the non-pass rusher, but Miami uh, of Florida. But he is a pretty solid player. And uh, Trey Norwood and 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 Pers- uh, Presley Harvin the third, a punter from Georgia, round out the draft. The keys there. Hey, Bill, is there anything to the fact that they seem to have signed more rookies than anybody this early? No. No, they just they just get them signed. That's all. Okay. You know, they say the agent, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's front office has the following reputation. Going all the way back to the time when 
Mr. Rooney Sr., Art Sr., and Dan Rooney, the late Dan Rooney, were running the club before the steel, before the days of the steel curtain. They were known as one of the most player-friendly organizations in football. That has remained true to this day. But they all are also very firm in what they will pay and what they will not pay. And agents learn that at their peril. Right. And players learn it at their peril. So, for example, the running back from Michigan State, who Najee Harris ultimately will be the heir or is the heir apparent for, sat out essentially two years thinking that the Roonies would give in. They don't. They don't. And so, um, and and Kevin, their general manager, just, you know, he's right from the Rooney tree. And so what they tell the rookies is, here's what we're offering. It's here today. You might as well take it and go buy a car and do whatever you want to do, put it in the bank. Or you can take it on the fifth day of camp. We don't care. <laughs> right, so, whatever. <laughs> but, but, you know, Bill, unlike some other teams that sort of behave that way, the thing about the – I've always felt like the, the, the offers that the Roonies were making were fair offers. It's not like they're trying to force, uh, you know, a player uh, below his station in terms of what he's supposed to take. It's just they make the offer and that's it. Take it or not. But it's, a, but it's, a, it's you know, you're not unhappy playing on, under with that money, I mean, to me. No, and with the, with the draft slotted the way it is, everybody knows what everybody's supposed to get. Why wouldn't you sign early? Put the money in the bank. Let's take the mystery it's true. out. And, and the other thing is, though, I mean, Bill, you know, the Roonies were also, I think, in other ways, not just in terms of salary, but if not first, always near the top in terms of, of really being a pro player organization, caring about their players, dealing with them honestly, and doing their best to take care of them. Yeah. So it's a good place. It's a good place to play. Hey, to that end, I know this is a little off topic. Did you see the video the Panthers put out today where they uh, have the video from inside their draft room where they're talking to the Vikings about trading for the eighth pick? No, I did not. Oh, this is the weirdest thing ever. This is a must-watch later today. So they they put out a video. It's David Tepper, Matt Rule, the GM. They're in a room, and they're talking about the movement of the eighth pick, and they've got a camera at J.C. Horn's house. And literally, you get them calling calls from Minnesota trying to move up to eight to draft uh, a certain quarterback from Ohio State. And I have no idea why they leaked it. And I'm wondering if this is the sort of death of the inside facility as we know it. Well, it just goes to show you why cameras should not be in the draft room. Uh, media people should not be in the draft room. They should be locked in a closet with handcuffs on. <laughs> right. uh, ESPN should not be in the draft room as an example of Howie Roseman, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, uh, an, an Eagle employee. Uh, people reading body language and yeah, into fist bumps. Um, you know, we would uh, Jim Irsay when ESPN came knocking on the door asking to put a camera in our draft room. Um, Jim Irsay said, "What do you what do you what would you think about it?" I said, "No, no, a thousand times no." And so he was having fun with me. He said jokingly. What would you do if I ordered you to do it? 
I said I'd go down the hall into the washroom closet and, and we'd go in there and make the choices in there. <laughs> I'd take the calls in right. there. Yeah, when I saw it today, I thought, oh, Bill would have done this from his car. And Jim laughed and he said, I knew that's exactly what you would say. It's the craziest video because literally they have David Tepper, Tepper, the owner, is saying to the Matt Rule and these guys, well, hang up on them. We're not taking any more. And you literally get the call from Minnesota where they offered uh, their second and their third and their fir- first to get up from 14 to eight to take Justin Fields. And why the Panthers released this, I have no idea. Actually, the Panthers as their organization did release it. It wasn't just a leak that somebody put up there. To the best of my knowledge, the Panthers released it. It looked like they were filming it on purpose. Was Tepper uh, actively orchestrating the trade? Yes. Uh-oh. Yeah, you've got to watch this later today, Bill. That's weird. Sidebar there. Didn't know if you had seen it. I have not. Okay, uh, let's go to the depth chart. Again, we'll leave Big Ben for last. Najee Harris, Benny Smell, Benny Snell, who's been a bit of a disappointment. I thought Benny Snell would be much more of a slam banger uh, than he than he's turned out to be. Anthony McFarland, who's a you know a solid third down back, and I said Ballage, I think will 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 help out here. But Najee Harris is the answer. Juju, Deontay Johnson, um, for my money, I know they believe in him. I hope they're right. Um, I wouldn't put a penny on it. I, I don't see there's not enough consistency here to make me jump up and down with him. I think Juju is a far better receiver than he, but that's just me. And Chase Claypool is a big power receiver who's turned into a really good receiver. He's always going to be a big power receiver, but there's a place for him in modern day football because unlike Devin Funches and company, he doesn't run four seven. He runs four three nine. So, um, you know, guy, big power receivers who can run. Uh, welcome to the club. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Fryermuth uh, surpasses Ebron before the season is half over. Uh, Derek Watt, you know, pretty sound fullback. Orkafor at left tackle, I thought did a pretty good job last year. Dotson, Kendrick Green, DeCastro, uh, who did not have a great year last year. And Zach Banner, who's coming off injury, make up the offensive line. Now, it is unfair. They changed the offensive line coaches, clearly. I mean, that, but it's kind of unfair to point the finger at a coach because it's like the old, the old, there's an old saying, uh, how are you going to keep them down on the farm after they've seen Paris? Yeah. After you've been coached by Mike Munchak, it's all downhill. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's unfair to compare what, you know, a young or growing coach could do compared with what Munch can do. Munch creates miracles. So this is a line that's going to have to grow and get better. New coach, new system, new techniques. And, uh, but they got uh, a a young and developing offensive line's best friend is a running back who can do marvelous things. And they have one in Najee Harris. So I think the run game will be fine. The reason that they had so few sacks last year was because Ben was getting the ball out quicker than anybody in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And they were throwing three and four yard passes 
just to make sure that Ben wasn't going to get sacked. My question is, can he continue to play at a high level? Can he avoid injury? Has he still has he still got the the Big Ben magic? I I had my doubts in the playoffs. It looked it was almost as though you said, "Boy, oh boy, what a sad way to end the season for a great player and a great franchise." I hope that's not the case. I hope he bounces back, but it's a big question mark. And I don't think Mason Rudolph or Josh Dobbs or Dwayne Hankins are are the answer. What, Bill, what did you think about um, his play uh, after the after the early run, but in sort of the last quarter of the season? What did you did you see the same thing as you saw in the playoffs, or was that a problem? Yeah, it was trending down from midseason on. It was from eleven. What was it? Eleven and zero, I guess. Uh, it was trending down from yeah. there. And that that it was well. And then they ran into the uh, football team buzzsaw. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah, I, yeah. I've, I've I've read that I've read that many places, Scott. The the you know the opposition got better, but by that time there was no running game. James Conner was all beaten up. As I said, Snell didn't turn out to be what I thought he would be, and what they thought he would be. And the, and the passing game was inconsistent because Johnson couldn't get open and catch the ball on a consistent basis. Claypool, you know, they people were def- double teaming and 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 in truth, Juju disappeared in some games. But and, and Ebron, you know, was just there. He he just a guy. So there weren't there wasn't a lot of weaponry. But Ben knew that he didn't have a lot of protection either, so he was getting it out quick, and that's that you know that's easy to defend. On defense, I mean, this team is always going to be defensive-oriented to begin with. They're going to make their money with defense in the running game. If you have Big Ben, wonderful. But if not, you do it with Slash or others. You know, this is always – this is a defensive franchise, and it should be. So in Stefan Tuit, Tyson Aloalo, and Cameron Hayward, they have the best 3-4 front in the league, even though – they're getting on in years a little bit. it is still young, but Alawala and Cam are getting on in years. T.J. Watt is the best rushing outside linebacker in football. Vince Williams is solid inside. The downturn last year was Bush. Was Bush. Yes, once Bush was hurt, that's the end of it because that position in the defense is the playmaker. That's the guy who makes everything else go because he can cover, he can rush, he can play the run, he can run down plays inside out. Without him, they just were a shell of what they were defensively, as they were when his predecessor went down with that tragic injury. Um, yeah, yeah. Before he was hurt, I'm drawing a blank on the name right now. from Ohio, Ryan Shazier. Ryan Shazier from Ohio State. Before, I, I I darn near teared up. I was doing the game when Ryan Shazier got hurt. That team was so much better than New England that year, defensively. It wasn't even close. And when Shazier got hurt, there weren't their chances for the Super Bowl. And it was, you know, when you see a guy that great a player go down, boy, it's, it's hard to take. And he took the team with him. Alex Highsmith, I think, has a chance to be pretty good. They do, too. They put him in the lineup. He played well as a rookie out of uh, UNC Charlotte. 
uh, <clears throat> but then got nicked. So he's going to have to he's going to have to fight through that 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 the physicality of the NFL. Uh, but if he can, I think he's a, a good player. Uh, Joe Hayden, when they picked him up from the Browns, they repatriated him from the old Browns, which was a <laughs> which was a <laughs> a slag heap <laughs> on the Cuyahoga River, uh, and he came over and became the Joe Hayden of old, and and made a real difference. <clears throat> Terrell Edmonds, I don't think they think that he's lived up to what they they thought he would be. But I think he's there's still a lot there to like. Um, you know, I don't see him every day like they do, and so they're obviously right. But they didn't. I don't, I don't believe they picked up his fifth year option. But I, I think there's still something to work with there. Mika Fitzpatrick was a phenomenal trade uh, by Kevin. They brought him in there. He was languishing somewhere else, uh, Miami, Miami, uh, not not getting anything done and. He's the missing piece in the puzzle. He comes in and he's intercepting the ball and doing all the wonderful things he did when he was at Alabama. And Cameron Sutton has turned out to be uh, a damn good corner. Um, the, the the backup guys, um, Shakir Brown, Killebrew, uh, Antoine Brooks, Justin Lane, um, not what I, you know. I don't see a fifth corner there that that says this can be a stellar Pittsburgh of old, nor do I see besides Spillane and maybe Quincy Roche. Uh, of course, Cassius Mark as a, as a, a, not a full-time player, but a backup is fine. There's not as much depth here as there is in, in Cleveland. So if they get any injuries, that's, that's a problem. Um, yeah. Chris Boswell, uh, really good place kicker. Uh, Harvin's, a, you know, I think will turn into a solid punter. And and Jordan Berry is, is going to fight him for the job. Um, Deontay Johnson's a decent punt returner, and McFarland's a decent kickoff returner. Ray Ray McLeod ends up, if McFarland has to play a lot, Ray Ray McLeod winds up as the, as the, the dual return man. He's okay. I think this team... Um, this team has to stay healthy defensively and the run game has to develop enough that they don't have to rely on Ben to go back there in the three wides and throw it on every down as they were doing over the last third of last season and through the playoffs. If they can get back to playing Steeler football and stay healthy on defense, then I think they got a chance. If Bush is upright, this is not a fun team to play in the playoffs. No, absolutely not. But they got to get to the playoffs, and that's the key. Yeah, they do. All right, let's let's get on the caboose and head to Cincinnati. Okay, I was going to say woo woo, but that would have a different connotation in this show, right? Exactly. Okay, uh, so we, we're going after Cincinnati. Obviously, a tough year for them last year uh, on offense. They were 29th in the league, averaging. 19.4 points a game uh, in terms of uh, their the combined yards. They were 30th uh, under 4.9, not, uh, not even, uh, and that's combined passing and running uh, their passing yards. They were 28th at 5.9. Uh, uh, they were a little bit better uh, on the rush. They, t- they were tied for 23rd, but still only at 4.1. Um and uh, they allowed, they were 27th, uh, 
uh, in, in terms of sacks given up at uh, averaging three a game. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, the numbers don't improve. Uh, they were 21st in, in, in the league uh, in points allowed, 20, almost 27. Uh, in combined yards, they were 26th at 390. Uh, in passing yards allowed, they were tied for 21st, giving up 7.1 a pass. Uh, against the run, they were 31st at 5.1. Uh, they were next. They were next to last uh, in sacks recorded uh, at only 1.1 a game. Uh, they were 28th in the league in point differential at minus 7.1, and their turnover margin. They were 25th at a negative 0 0.4. Um, well, not much, Bill. <laughs> Tell us what you can. Well, here's the thing. Go back over those offensive and defensive team statistics and just read out the rankings. Okay. <laughs> exactly. 29, 30, 28, 23, 27. That's an offense, defense 21st, 26th, 21st, and 31st at 31st. 28th and 27th. There you go. <laughs> well, you know, that's what I say. This is, I, you know, I'm hoping you can tap dance this part of the program. Bill. This is, let's be, this is going to be a rough year again in Cincinnati, right? Well, here's the thing. I think the one thing you have to do when you analyze teams, whether you're running a team or you're just doing it, what we're doing it here for information purposes is be very open and honest about what the team is. Those numbers were across the board abysmal. Now, Joe Burrow played, what, six good games before he was hurt? Yeah, and a really good half. And a really good half, yeah. And so because he was a story, the media created the fiction that this was a good team that – Oh, if only Joe Burrow didn't get hurt, they would have been pretty good. That's fiction. Joe Burrow got hurt because their offensive line was lousy and couldn't protect him. And then everything else went to hell, as it should have, because they didn't have very good players. So we're going to talk about a lot of guys that left. Maybe they left for good reason, maybe not. But Carl Lawson, decent rush guy power rusher, 26 years of age, gets $45 million for three, 30 guaranteed with the Jets. What do the Jets know that the Bengals didn't? Right. <laughs> <laughs> William Jackson, first-round draft choice, solid man-to-man -man corner, gets 40 for three, 26 guaranteed with the Redskins. I'm sorry, with the Washington football team. They think he's an upgrade over Darby. What do they know that the Browns don't? I'm sorry that the Bengals don't. I'm saying we know a lot. A.J. Green, abject failure for the last two years. Never got on the field. Got a one-year deal at $6 million from uh, from Arizona. John Ross, one-year deal at 2.250. John Ross hasn't been on the field. I'll bet he hasn't been on the field for a full game. But, Bill, he can really take the top I off. I know that. No, I was saying that as a joke. Bill, I was joking. Bill, I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking. joking with you. I know that you could take the top off, but you have to be on the field to do it. You're not allowed to do it 
from IR. You have to do it on the field. Because, Scott, what's the most important ability? Is taking the top off ability or availability. Availability. Yeah, all right. I didn't think Randy Bullock was a terrible kicker. Apparently needed to Detroit because they gave him a job. But, um, you know, what do they know that Cleveland, uh, that Cincinnati didn't? Giovanni Bernard, I said last week, was all ready to steal a, the offseason as a, as, as a third down back. He's not an every down back. He's a solid third down back, 30 years of age, great pickup for a contender. Sean Williams um, goes to Arizona on a one-year deal. Bobby Hart goes to Buffalo as a backup on a one-year deal. Mackenzie Alexander goes to Minnesota uh, on, on a one-year deal. B.J. Finney uh, goes to uh, Pittsburgh on a one-year deal. So there's a lot of moving parts here, none of which in the end were very good. So we'll find out whether Carl Lawson was or was not a big loss, whether William Jackson was or was not a big loss, A.J. Green and John Ross were not. So I'm not criticizing the Browns. They probably did need to turn over a lot of people. But Joe Burrow wasn't going to make that crew any better than they already are. Yeah. No, he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, the re-signs were Brandon Allen as a backup, Tony Brown corner, Mike Daniels, linebacker Jordan Evans, punter Kevin Huber, running back Samaje P. Ryan, who's probably in the end a, a good solid number two, but he's not as good as Giovanni Bernard in the passing game. But he is a good slam-bang runner. And a huge fan of the National Zoo. Interesting. I would see Samaje at the zoo almost every weekend. All right. Did he have a particular animal that he prefers? I I, I won't get into that, but he's an avid lover (laughs) of the zoo, which is good in our All right, okay. Quentin Spain, you know, good road grader guard. Not the Mike Thomas, the other Mike Thomas, as a wide receiver for one year. And, and, And... Brandon Allen, Brandon Wilson, I'm sorry, they re-signed. Signed in free agency, Ricardo Allen uh, at safety. Eli Apple, oh. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I know he's an Ohio State guy, and and I know they love Ohio State guys, but, uh, you know, I don't don't see it. This just didn't work. We, We know it didn't work. Shadobi Awuzi, I really like. They signed him for three years, but he's a cover two corner. So are they going to play cover two? Are they going to play Tampa two? If they are, Shadobi is a really good pickup. If they're going to play anything that resembles what they played in Dallas, he can't. So we'll see. I mean, that's the, I, I mean, I love the player, but it was a kind of a scratch your head. How are you going to use him? Trey Hendrickson replaces the dearly departed Kirk Lawson, and he is a, 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 a try-hard, high-motor, good player who's not a natural rusher, not a natural rusher. He's not naturally slippery. But he's a good, solid, try-hard player, and he's younger than Lawson, so okay. Four years, $60 million. That's rare for the Bengals to do that. Mike Hilton, a good pickup, four years. Uh, rare again for them to do that. 
Ogunjobi, as I said earlier, I really like. He's an active defensive tackle. He, too, is much more of a Tampa 2 defensive tackle than, you know, what they've played with in the past. So maybe they are thinking more Tampa 2 because he and and Awuzie are are really Tampa 2 players. So maybe they're going to play a lot more of that. And could Trey be like a Chad Bratsky in that kind of defense? Yeah, that's exactly who he is. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Uh, Riley Reef comes over to play offensive tackle for one year. Riley is a journeyman player who's a good, solid player. And and they had Trent Taylor uh, for one year at receiver. So, you know, I like the free agent moves except for Eli Apple. Um, Eli Apple's problem is that he's never learned to play with his feet. He plays with his hands and gets a lot of penalties and makes a lot of mistakes. But maybe they feel like they can uh, they can straighten them out. Uh, the others are all they you know, give them credit. They got rid of a lot of players who didn't perform, and spent a lot of money to bring in players who have a chance to perform. So you have to like what they're doing. My criticism of not is not of the Brown family, or or the Bengals executives. It's of the media who anointed them as an up-and-coming team because Joe Burrow had a couple of good games. Um, <clears throat> they are not. They may, This year may be the year where they where they do make some strides. In the draft, they got Jamar Chase, who's a very solid, multi-talented receiver. The best thing he does is run after the catch and catch the ball. Those are two great attributes. He's not a blazer, but he, he did play with Burrow at LSU, so that gives him a comfort zone, and I'm sure Burrow stood on the table for him. Hey, Bill, totally hypothetical. If you had the same grade on Jamar Chase and Sewell, the tackle from Oregon, who would you have taken? Chase. Yeah. Because in the immortal words of uh, of uh, Whitey Duval, the late great personnel director for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, the tackle's only going to block one guy. Jamar Chase is going to score touchdowns with the ball in his hand. Right. So... I understand the importance of the left tackle, but I would have taken Chase. Again, the Book of Dungey slash Polian, in, when you're in the top 10, you take a guy who scores touchdowns, you take a guy who throws touchdowns, you take a guy who intercepts the ball and stops touchdowns, you take a guy who sacks the quarterback, uh, and, 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 and in the court of last resort, you take a left tackle. Not to say that's right, but that's that's what we believed in. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, Joseph Osai is a linebacker from Texas. My question is: Is he he's an outside linebacker and a pass rusher? Is he fast enough? Is he fast enough? Can he turn speed into power? He's got some pass rush ability. Don't know if he's fast enough. Let's we'll find out. Cameron Sample, uh, defensive end from Tulane. Uh, you know, interesting guy, Tyler Shelvin, defensive tackle from Ohio State. I'm sorry, Louisiana State in the fourth round. Dante Smith, offensive tackle from East Carolina in the fourth round. All developing players. Evan McPherson, the kicker from Florida, they drafted in the fifth round. So they must think he's the guy because they sent Pollock on his way. And uh, so we'll find out. Typically, Drafted kickers don't do well. They do well on their second time around. 
Um, but we'll see. We'll find out. Uh, Trey Hill, um, good solid center from Georgia. Chris Evans, uh, you know, solid but not spectacular running back from Michigan. And Wyatt Hubert, defensive end from Kansas State, uh, rounds out the, the draft. So, you know, Chase, um, if Carmen can come in and play tackle at an acceptable level and Osai can provide rush ability, then they've had a good draft. If not, if Cameron and Osai are not, don't become major contributors, it's probably not enough to get them over the top. Depth chart defense, uh, offense, I'm sorry. Joe Burrow, solid player, only going to get better. Uh, Joe Mixon, uh, solid player, uh, verging on the uh, spectacular at times. Uh, Samaje P. P. Ryan, solid backup. Tyler Boyd, um, T. Higgins, uh, you know, journeyman players, uh, good players. T. Higgins is getting better. I think he has a chance to be pretty good. Jamar Chase makes that a, uh, a, a receiving core that you have to worry about. Um, Drew Sample uh, is, you know, journeyman tight end. Jonah Williams, Xavier Suofilo, Trey Hopkins, uh, uh, Carmen Jackson, that uh, Jackson Carmen, that they, and Riley Reef, newcomers at right guard and right tackle. Um, you know, I'm not sure Jonah Williams is the answer at left tackle, uh, but we'll find out. Riley Reef at right tackle will be a, uh, you know, a solid journeyman player. He's not spectacular, but he'll get the job done. I don't know why you draft a guard in the second round, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, you know, go ahead and do what you want. The On defense, Sam Hubbard. I don't know if Sam Hubbard's slightly better than a journeyman or an emerging guy. I think we're going to find out this year. DJ Reader is a solid inside run player. Uh, Larry Okunjobi, as I said before, really uh, good movement player. And Trey Hendrickson, they're listing Osai as a defensive end, by the way, which he which he might he might be if he's fast enough. The linebackers are just guys: Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, Akeem Davis, Gaither. But you don't live and die with linebackers, especially in this division. Trey Waynes plays hot and cold. I thought he would be a star. He, he, he just hasn't quite developed into that. There are good days and bad days. Von Bell, you know, really a pretty solid safety. He's also part of the Ohio State ticket-selling program at the Bengals. <laughs> Jesse Bates is the best player nobody knows in the secondary. He's really outstanding. Ricardo Allen will back him up. And uh, they're going to have Chidubi Awuzi at right corner. Mike Hilton probably ends up being the nickel. Maybe Eli Apple makes a comeback. He's back in his native state. We'll find out. I think it's a it's a middle-of-the-road defense. If Hendrickson can emerge as a difference maker, if Bates continues to grow, if Waynes can play consistently and Ouzier can play consistently, I think they have a chance to be better than they were, but what they were was nowhere near good enough, nor has it been 
for the last three years. We talked about the offense. I think the key here is protecting Burrow, and I don't know if they can do it. That We'll see. He's the franchise. He's already been hurt once. You could make an argument that you should have drafted the tackle to do that. They think Jonah Williams is fine. We'll find out. Yeah, we've unfortunately seen that movie before in Cincinnati. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. So. I think it's on. I think it's on a loop there. <laughs> it, it is. All right. Well, that is our show for today. Our run through the AFC North. As always, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Bet Online. If you have any questions or things you want us to cover in the show, hit us up on Twitter at ifbillpolian. We stay in the North next week and go to a division that's got a little bit of controversy in it. The NFC North. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Stay safe and stay well, everybody. Talk to you next week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.